you're listening to Coaching Presence, the podcast that will help you become a better coach. I'm Mariana Wright, and it's my pleasure to introduce some truly inspirational guests to share their learning with you. Katerina and I go way back. We were both involved with our local chapters for the ICF and met in various glamorous locations across Europe. <laughs> Katerina, is there anything, I mean, tell, tell everybody about where you're based and, and your work focus at the moment. Oh, I'm based in Greece, just outside of Athens. And uh, my focus uh, is uh, back on teams and groups. And I, I really loved it. Um, on Saturday, I had a conversation with another team coach with whom we worked for the competency model. And uh, he was reflecting on his own journey. So he started from leadership, then went to teams. And mine was the opposite. So actually, I started in 95, I think, working with teams and groups. And then when I, and I, I always wanted to do that also as a coach. And I made my research, my first research paper on, on teams. And then I was just requested to do more leadership coaching. And when I had the opportunity to go back and work again with teams, I, I just love it. Wonderful. I'm checking the Facebook Live for comments because I can see um, somebody, Sharon's there, who is very interested in supervision. And we're going to be talking about that in a, in a minute with you, uh, Katerina. Um, if anybody has any questions, please use the comments. I'll be looking extremely rude because I'll be... Uh, not making eye contact with Katarina because I'm going to be looking at my phone a lot. <laughs> difficult because if I ha I want to do eye contact with you, I should look at the camera, but then I will miss your eyes that are here. <laughs> I know it's it, yeah. It's uh, anyway. We'll, we'll do what we can, and I think we're all we're all getting used to this strange way of working. Katarina, I wanted to start off by asking you, um, what is team coaching? What's the difference with group coaching? You know, what are we talking about here? That's um, actually, that's uh, the, the first question that uh, we need to understand uh, before we start talking about the competencies and about anything else. And uh, when, what we start with is understanding the difference between a team and a group. So a group is just a collection of people. They, they have something in common, but a team is a group of people with a common shared purpose, I will say shared purpose and shared goals who work interdependently in a shared context. So they are interdependent. They have the shared purpose, shared goals, and shared context. Now, if a, if a team is not operating as a team, they are let's say, all over the place, they are not aligned, but they have the, 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 you know, the, the shared context, they are interdependent. They've got the they, job title of being in a team. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so they should, they should operate as a team, but they operate as a group. They are still a team. They, that doesn't make them a group. It's, it's just, you know, we are just noticing what's going on, but they are still a team. The definition states. Now, once we have this clear, then we can check what is team coaching. And ICF is giving us a definition. It's partnering in a co-create a reflective process with a team and its dynamics and relationships in a way that inspires them, inspires them to maximize their abilities, uh, the potential in order to reach their shared purpose and shared goals. So 
they, it is still a partnership as one-on-one. -on -one. It is a co-creative process, this reflective process. And this time, the, the, the goals, the potential that we want to, you know, we take advantage is uh, to, to reach the shared purpose and shared goals. So we see them as a unity. So that means that for team coaching, the client is the team. It's not each individual. The client okay. is the team. So, uh, I've, so if you imagine like my hand, if you were group coaching, you'd be, you'd be coaching the fingers, whereas team coaching, you're, you're kind of coaching the connection between them. The entire the hand. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that bit, rather than the individual. Okay, so that's okay. a mucky old metaphor. <laughs> it's out of my head. Because there's, there's mention within the competencies about, um, about the entity of the team, the relationships between them. Yes. So why, is, why do we need different competencies when we're looking at, team coaching as opposed to individual coaching why was there a need for this new framework okay um, one of the things is the observation that team coaching is one of the fastest growing disciplines in the coaching profession it is becoming increasingly on demand and important in all kinds of organizations we have uh, corporations government agencies ngos nonprofits, all kinds so with uh, the, the, you know, the demand, it brings more attention to mm. see, okay, you know, um, how is this done? Is it the same? Because there are complexities. We have key themes here. And that, uh, um, that the, 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 the fact that the entity now, the client, is not just one individual. There are multiple individuals, but still an entity. Yeah. We have a, a, the complexity, for example, the dynamics. It's just that's me and one client, but you know, me and the client, there are several dynamics. And also the systems with which we, we work with becomes more complicated. Um, or the fact, for example, that we need to include um, conflict uh, coaching, yeah. inside coaching, brought a demand of, okay, you know, let's see. What is it that a, a team coach needs to have um, as competencies so that they are able to, to successfully do that? There is something within the, the new competency framework that alludes, I think, to the complexity of working with teams. And that is, um, and I know Sharon's watching and she'll like this, but within the new comp competency too, it says engages in coaching civic engages in coaching supervision the yes. very nature of teams reminds me of the, the complex nature of supervision that when you're supervising an individual coach you're supervising the coach the client their organization you know this classic seven-eyed model this is me with my supervisor hat on by the way yeah and the seven-eyed model of supervision there, there is complexity um and i th i think this competency saying engages in coaching supervision reflects the fact that there is a complexity within coaching teams is there anything you want to add about this thing about coaching supervision um is it a requirement now first i i have to add that i am very proud that uh, all the experts that we worked we agreed that you know this should be in the competency so about the supervision uh, because it's very easy for for a team coach to be entangling the team dynamics and we can become unaware of issues that uh, should be addressed. Uh, we want also to be an impartial observer 
and, and help the reflective practice. Um, and so as it is more complex, the supervision becomes mandatory. Mm. For me, for me, it will, you know, becomes mandatory. I cannot imagine me working uh, without uh, having a supervisor, but I also have a supervisor for my one-on-one coach. Yeah, yeah. Now, um, how that would look like, uh, you know, the requirements, it will be officially announced by the ICF with other elements. Um, and um, then the question be- goes back to the supervisors, the coach supervisors, what do they need to know so that uh, they supervise team coaches uh, effectively? Mm. For example, in the team coaching uh, global certificate that uh, we did, um, in the first cohort, we had uh, two uh, experienced uh, coach supervisors and they came to do the training on team coaching so that they have a, a better and in-depth understanding of, of the team coaching and what is needed also from the team coach, etc. and some experience themselves so that they can supervise uh, better the team coach in the future. Brilliant. No, I, I'm delighted to see it in there as yes. well. Um, I was wanted to ask you as well about within this new, within the new team coaching competencies, what do you think is the most important competency? I always go for it. For me, it's always the same. It doesn't matter if it is one-on-one coaching or uh, or team coaching or group coaching. Uh, for me, it's always about constructing. Uh, about basically, constructing is is one of the processes that are, are fundamental to create trust and safety. And if trust and safety, that I always say that it's crucial for one-on-one coaching it becomes even more important for the work in team coaching. Um, because we are, we are talking about to create this safety, especially the psychological safety. And that is, doesn't happen by just sit there and say, okay, by the way, it's confidential, <laughs> right? And you can have an open conversation. No, <laughs> because you have people with history. We have yeah. people with hierarchy. So how you're going to change their own patterns and, you know, and also ways of having this space with each other um, without taking time. It is also important to start creating the alignment um, because in contracting, you have, I, I like, by the way, the, the, the model of transactional analysis in contracting. Yeah. Great. <laughs> Where you have the, the administrative contract. Um, okay, you take care of all the admin aspects uh, of, of that um, with both the sponsor and the client. Then you have the professional contract. So what, what is our purpose here? What are we here to do? What are going to be our roles? So we start thinking about the shared purpose uh, and more. And then the psychological contract. Here we are reflecting on underlying issues, uh, uh, hidden agendas, um, expectations. So if this is not openly discussed, it is going to jeopardize the entire process and task. Here is when we set not only the hopes, but also our fears, but also we co-create the ground rules. And in, in the competencies, you will see that it tells, talks about the rules and norms. It doesn't tell 
when and how you're going to create them. So this happens at the contracting. When you start working with a team and you agree of, okay, if we have, this is a safe space, how do we do that? How do we create that? Or wh what is it that you need? Because they are, in, they are different. There is the diversity of each one. Mm -hmm. And um, the leader might step in and make some assumptions, you know, we are used, I have seen that a lot, by the way, <laughs> say, I say, oh, yeah, you are very comfortable with each other, we are okay, but he speaks about his assumption. And then, okay, you know, let's, let's hear from the others what each one of them feels that is needed. And I always have them uh, written, and okay, in a virtual environment, it's, you know, uh, in a a whiteboard or somewhere else, or is a physical room there on the wall. And we can frequently go back and check with them uh, if we need to recontract, if our, if, if, you know, our direction is still relevant, if what's happened with our rules and norms still apply, we need to tick them, we need to add uh, what, what happens. And they provide also a good point of reference uh, of, of managing some of the things that can happen. Having said that, identify that, co-creating that is not enough. The next thing is that as a coach, especially if I'm working with my co-coach, I have made a similar agreement with my co-coach. We are forming another team and I, we are always modeling that. So we are mm -hmm. always modeling and reinforcing these norms. So not only we are accountable, we are supporting everyone to say, yeah, we didn't just put them on paper. We actually apply them. We're bringing them to life. Exactly. We're living them. Yeah. I love that. There were some other things that I noticed when I look at the competency framework. I was just hoping that you could help me out with. <laughs> um, there was something around, and excuse me, I'm looking at my notes. Um, the kind of zoom in and zoom out, the, the stepping in and out of the team dialogue, um, that comes up a couple of times with, and then, I see um, encouraging the team to own the dialogue within competency six. And again, uh, in competency seven, evokes awareness, uses questions and other techniques to foster team development, facilitate teams' ownership of their collective dialogue. Yeah. I love that, but I'm kind of wondering how you do it. <laughs> you know why? Because one of the, of, of the, you know, of the outcomes is uh, the sustainability of, uh, of uh, the team and they, 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 they shouldn't rely on us to be always there yeah. for them, but they start having the ownership. Um, so, okay, there were many, many questions here. Uh, let me think about- Don't worry, and so, I realize that I'm dropping okay. you in it so we can always use the, the chat okay. afterwards to catch up with any questions. Great, um, so what, something very important for everyone to have in mind is that each one of these points on the competencies, don't just look at them in the puzzle, how they fit in uh, the, like an expansion of the core competency, but also check the background of each one of these uh, sentences because the background is interesting. So for example, in the background- There's two what, documents, is that right? It's in the same document. One okay. is the puzzle, the other is the table. So, for example, okay. in owning the dialogue, here we see that um, 
team members may tend to direct communication to the team coach, right? Specifically at the beginning. Yeah. We, we have experienced that when we are the authority, like the training, yeah. they direct to us. And, and we want to facilitate the conversation with each other. So they start having the dialogue with each other. I'm not there, you know, to talk to me. Uh, it's one of them. Yeah. So we are, uh, for example, this is a, a, a small example. Then is um, how, what is the process um, the team should decide what is the process uh, of how they are going to decide, uh, how they are going to make decisions, to process data, uh, to, uh, to move forwards. Um, so this is another element. So I don't, you know, the, the, the team, the, the coach is there to help the team. And in that way, we may more facilitate the conversation. Um, so to help them decide about all these processes. I love that. Um, I've had a, a, a just a comment really about the complexity of contracting, that contracting itself is complex. So in a team, there's the contracting between team members, contracting between coach and co-coach, contracting with a supervisor. I'm just, that's just reminded me, and sorry, Katrina, um, but we, we mentioned it very briefly before about how you might work with a co-coach. And yes. this, um, and then I wanted to talk to you a little bit about different modalities and the kind of yes. the, the more directive elements, but how, how might that work with a co-coach? Yes, so um, th there, is, there are not the guidelines about how. Um, you can see there is some context, uh, nice guidelines in the book from one to many of Jennifer Britton. Um, I hope I say the last name correctly. <laughs> and, uh, I can drop uh, the link in as well. <laughs> great. <laughs> um, so uh, for, for me that I had experience working with a co-therapist and co-trainer, that was easy how to, how to get organized and work with that. And in, in group coaching also, I love it. Uh, in, in, in team coaching, I love it to have someone uh, with me. So to working with a co-coach. Now, what does it mean? It means first, we make uh, we have to understand what are the factors uh, based on which we are making the choice if we are going to work with a co-coach or not. For some coaches, it's based on the number of the participants in the team, right? If they are more than six or eight, they are going to work with a co-coach. For others, like me, it doesn't matter. And I can take under consideration other elements, for example, the context, uh, or if it is, um, you know, if we want to work a lot about change, if there's a toxic uh, culture also. So elements or a lot of challenging dynamics, some things that might need to have a different person there, or the culture. So for example, there are other cultures that having a, a female team coach will not inspire them as much as having also a male. Uh, and I can work with, uh, with that. Now, um, before, before we start, before we get into a session, we do the same uh, process with our, our co-coaches. We have a contract with them. Um, we, we sit down and we answer so many questions and we decide from admin stuff or, you know, between us. Also, um, being clear about what is going to be our role. Uh, is, is it going that we're going to lead specific segments? How we are going to do that? So be clear about, for example, what's, in which cases one takes the lead, in what cases other takes the lead, or, or anything, actually. So we clarify that. And then... During the sessions, 
we have this dance with uh, the cocoats. So I'm aware of my team, but I am aware that I'm also a team with him or her, and we both, our, our energy, both ourselves, impact the team and the other system. And I like, another thing that I like with when working with the co-coach is the reflections that we can have in between sessions. So maybe I don't have time, you know, to have the, the supervision there or something that I might skip and my co-coach will bring me to, to the awareness mm. or just to have a sounding board and process something that I became aware, but I'm not really sure what exactly is it. And also we can make other decisions about it, approaches. And of course, at the end, to reflect about the entire process. So, yeah. Wonderful. It's just a slight sideways step back to one of the competencies, which was um, competency one. There's something about, it's got the dirty word, directive within it. <laughs> it says, um, adopts more directive team development modalities only when needed to help the team achieve their goals. Yes. Um, and there's, a, there's another emphasis, actually, as well, a bit about goals rather than growth in some of these competencies I, I, I picked up on as well. But Good. So that chunk then. <laughs> OK, so the, we start by the word modalities. There is a table there. And this table gives the, the, the understanding of the different modalities that all serve team development. So mm. when we say team development is not just one thing, there are many the modalities and team coaching is just one of these modalities. So if we, are, um, if we have a contract and it is about the team development, we want to be clear with the sponsor and the client, you know, is it that we are going to give them team development? Are we going to apply other modalities apart from team coaching? What are these? Uh, what's the purpose, et cetera? How do it look like? So we want to have transparency and clear agreements. Brilliant. Now, if we're going to do just team coaching, we say, okay, team coaching is going to be, it will serve the team development, it will serve specific goals that we have. Now, in, in our team coaching, we might notice that something comes up um, and might need an additional knowledge, for example, and another expert, maybe I don't have this knowledge, another expert might be more suitable there, and, and we, again, be transparent about that. That's one aspect. The other aspect is about when I can be more directive, it doesn't mean that I guide the, the team. I provide, you know, there I, I consult the team and I tell them, you know, this is uh, the direction. But when I am more directive, the purpose is to broaden the perspectives of the team, not narrow them down. Okay. So I can, for example, I can... Give, I don't know, I remember a case when I said, okay, you know, there was something that was going on with diversity and conflict, and I could briefly give the input from an iceberg, what it looks like. It might sound as I educate them on the iceberg, but actually I'm not, I'm helping them broaden the perspectives, and we co-create actually that so that they can reflect more and now have a, have a broadened point of view that can, um, that can, make the decisions okay is there anything else that we need to say about that word goals because i noticed in in uh competency eight facilitates clients growth it talks about helping the team identify goals um the, the word goals is back in um it feels like but it i may be being picky <laughs> 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 no actually and I, I actually i loved it when you separated growth and goals um 
And there was a, 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 in, in one uh, meeting, there was a question about uh, what's the purpose of team coaching? And, and their question was team dynamics or performance? And actually, no, team dynamics is something you work with. You have it in dynamics. The team coach needs to know about team dynamics, period. The other, the team performance is one of the outcomes. It might not be the goal. Eh? Yeah. Uh, so it, it's the, 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 the client will decide um, what, uh, what, are, what is it that we are here to do. Okay. Right? So we create the goals. The, the, and that's... Dynamics might be the goal, might it? It might be that we want our team to function more effectively together. So exactly. So they might want to have their goals on relationship. They might want to have their goals on performance. They might want to have their goals on alignment. Um, my most of my my contracts are more about the new culture and mm -hmm. uh, and uh, the new culture and the alignment of the team or you know uh, other elements. They don't focus a lot about performance and they not always aware about, oh, we should work on, on dynamics. Uh, mm. but, uh, it, it doesn't really matter because this is the knowledge of the code, something we work with. And even if we have a different goal, ultimately we know that the performance is going to be um, affected positively because you have a team that collaborates better, understand each other better, is aligned, is more motivated, uh, have better awareness. So it's going to be um, there in their performance. It's never wonderful. Katerina, I'm conscious of our time. And there's some final question I wanted to ask you, which yes. is the kind of how will coaches use this and what's next for the, for the team coaching competencies? Okay, so... How, what's next? Actually, ICF is preparing a speciality designation for team coaching. It's not called credential so that it doesn't create confusion, but it's a speciality designation of team coaching. And it's going to be announced in October, um, the first day of ICF uh, converts. Uh, what the path is going to be for a coach to get this speciality designation as a team coach. So we can, we, so we will have all the answers there of how to do that. Brilliant. In the meantime, what a, what a coach, an ICF coach who works with teams can do or would like to work with teams is to uh, understand these team competencies. If they find uh, also team coaching uh, trainings that uh, sub, you know, are based on these competencies even better. And uh, they will understand even if they have their own approach, their own style, their own model, how now it looks like when they are uh, actually practicing these core competencies in their model. Um, thank you so much. And thank you for your time today. I'm much clearer. That was so useful <laughs> for me and I'm hoping that everyone listening in found it useful too. And Pleasure. Thank you very much, Mariana. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye.
thank you for listening. To continue this conversation, join the Coaching Presence Facebook group. If you enjoy being part of that uplifting community, do tell others. You can find out more about me at mariannawright.com.